Hey, good afternoon. Happy Monday. Welcome to another absolutely amazing episode of Bros Who Know. I'm Dr. Jeff LeCure, and once again, I am here with my podcast buddy, who was one of the original trio of the Men in Black, Richard Yancey. His movie career kind of changed after Will Smith's career took off, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> and we are excited to bring to you today it really just, we're going to have some fun. Remember, we are edutainment, a little education and a lot of entertainment. We got both again today. We have with us today Heather, who is an ex-NFL cheerleader, also was in the movie Me, Myself, and Irene, and she has agreed to come on Bros Who Know to talk with us today a little bit about her experiences as an NFL cheerleader, how she got into it, how she got into uh, movies, what she's currently doing with her career now, and uh, if we have time, uh, we are certainly eager to hear about some of her unique and humorous dating stories. So, Heather, I just want to start and say thank you so much on behalf of Rich and I and Bros Who Know and all our viewers and subscribers. Yes, please hit that button. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And thank you. again. You are, you know, we were joking off camera about being a unicorn. You're a unicorn. There are very few women in this country who could say they were ever at the top of their profession. And you're an NFL chiller. You were at the top of your profession. And very few people, and we had the Super Bowl last night, very few people have a clue how someone ends up getting into that profession. So can you give us an idea of how you got into the Dallas Cowboys organization as an NFL cheerleader? Patriots, New England Patriots. Oh, New England Patriots. Yes. Oh, I totally blew that one. Yeah, <laughs> great. And I'm a, I'm a Washington Redskins fan, and I'm, I'm hyping up the Cowboys. Sorry about that, Robert Kraft. Tell us about the Patriots cheerleading. Um, you know, it's an interesting story back, it's been a while. So um, I was a hip-hop dancer for a group, a backup dancer, and we would train at different dance facilities and stuff. And so one day I was there. And on the bulletin board was a Patriot cheerleader tryout. And I was like, hmm. And, she, and one of the girls that was trying out, she said, would you want to go? And I said, yeah, sure. I didn't know they had cheerleaders at this time, you know. So we went uh, one day, and then uh, they go through a series of cuts. And at that time, I was a hip-hop dancer. So, you know, I go up there. You know, I wear what I'm supposed to wear with the leotard and the thong, you know, bathing, whatever, one-piece leotard over it and... And you have, um, I had my warm-ups over it, my hair in a ponytail. And I, you make your first cut, and then you make your second cut, and you're going four girls on a, at a time on the stage. And it was so interesting to watch because you see these, like, beautiful women. And you're like, oh, my God. And you're so excited to watch them. And they get on stage, and you're like, oh. Like, <laughs> they don't know how to move, or they don't have that charisma. Um, and I remember one of the girls saying to me, she goes, Heather, she goes, take your hair down. I go, what do you mean? She goes, take it down. It's about glamour and hair flipping. And I was used to hip hop and, you know, when you're dancing and you're a hip hop dancer and it was just such a different thing. And um, so then you went back for, a, uh, I made the first cut, second cut. Then you have a personal interview. It's a 15 minute interview that you have to get dressed to the nines from nails to hair to outfit to heels. Um, and you show up and it's a 15 minute interview that she gives you. And then you go back the following Saturday. It's the first cut uh, you look, out of the two songs you have. And then the second cut was really hard, really, really hard. Like they show you the dance. You got to learn it in like minutes. And then you get on stage again for, for um, 
to do routines. And I remember as being a chiller in high school and a backup dancer, you mess up, you make it look they mess up. You don't mess up. (laughs) So I started with her routine. I did my own. And then I finished with hers. And then um, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So I remember sitting in the back of the room. My girlfriend Ingrid was with me. And they called my name, Heather Dyson. Actually, it was Furbish at the time. So Heather Furbish. And then they said, Heather Furbish. And then my girlfriend's like, that's you. And I was like, oh, my God. So I ran up and I tackled her. And it was it was a really, really. That's how you found out. That's how I found out. Yes. It was an incredible experience. And um, how, how long did you do it, Heather? I did it for two years. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of controversy within the squad the first year going into the second year with my coach. And um, a lot of things changed and made it a little bit uh, less um, exciting, you know, with within the team as far as how she ran things. So Now, um, was there a lot of cat catting with the women? No. No, so all the women got along? Nope, and I was the youngest girl they ever put on the squad oh, wow. at the time. So I was 19. And, um, and the women got along well? Yes, I think that personal interview she does for 15 yeah. minutes is, is makes it. You know what I mean? Um, you're together for practices and promotions and stuff, but everyone had their own careers. I mean, I was I worked at Delaria. I was a hairdresser. That's I still right. am a hairdresser. Um, I worked there since I was fourteen. Actually, so I have a question for you, Heather. How do you keep the How do you keep from you know because you have guys that are that are playing the football, right? Mm-hmm. All these professional football players. You got you, blonde, beautiful uh, young girl. Mm-hmm. How do you keep a uh, professional? Or do you know is that is that even possible at that point? Are there guidelines? The first year there was. The first year you're not allowed to fraternize. You can't, I mean, you can't talk to them. If you are at a location and there's a player there, you'll have to leave or you'll get kicked off the squad. That sounds like a restraining order. That's crazy. Yeah, you can't (laughs) even get anywhere near them. Um, That was the first year. Well, the first year my coach was engaged to the quarterback. And then the second year we had a new quarterback come in. And which was Drew Bledsoe, one of the best of all time as well. Um, and she, her, and her fiance broke up. He got, he got moved to a different team, and now she made it a little bit more lenient when the players were around us. They would come to our auditions. They would come to bars that promotions that we were at. If we went out one night um, and they were there, she made it okay to talk to them when she was there. Okay. But well, how she, did you feel while, while you were being a uh, a cheerleader? Like, how did you feel? Like, was it was, were you nervous every time you went on the field, or were you confident every time uh, you went on, on the field? It's a lot. It's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like like being on that field, walking on that field with all those fans and making sure you have your pom poms on the right side of your <laughs> hip. I mean, you had to have the red on one side and the blue on the other, and if you didn't, oh, forget it. I mean, I still have dreams to this day of, like, being on the field and forgetting my sneakers or forgetting something, wow. you know. Um, but it was quite – we did 40 dance routines. It was very different back then. We did 40 dance routines a game. Wow. Every time there was a quarter change, a timeout, um, uh, two-minute warnings, half times, everything, pregame. And every time the music went on, you started dancing. But before – now, how old, were you, how, how old were you then? 19. 19. So you were that disciplined, huh? 
At 19? Yeah, before you become a cheerleader, there's a contract signing. It's a three-hour, just like wow, this, videoed contract signing. If you die on the field, oh, you can't sue the team. No way. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Nothing, because, because you have to be paying attention at all times. If you're, you, you, are, uh, you can't be chit-chatting and talking because you, you see... During games, football players go into the sideline, go into cameramen. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's how they stopped cheerleading for a little, little while because one girl broke her neck. Yep. And they, I think, I believe she tried to sue the team. I'm not sure of the background story on that. So, were you happy through the whole time you were a cheerleader, or were there some sad times, sad points being um, a cheerleader? There was never sad times. It was just about our coach changing the rules and made it uh, so she made some things really difficult like you couldn't like I got asked for other opportunities I got asked to be in some commercials I got asked to uh, do some other modeling things and she has to she has to sign off on everything so I got disappointed sometimes when I couldn't do things because she wouldn't let me did you ever find out what the the reason was for the no did she see it as a conflict of interest <laughs> This is just going to be an assumption, but yeah. she had something with me. Okay. It was uh, different. It was... Um, a good, bad? Uh, I hate to use the, word, use the yeah. word jealousy because, you know, I was 19 and she was this beautiful, you know, she was a Rams cheerleader and then she, I mean, there's posters of her with Lee, Pro, you know, the, not Lee, Pro, what's the, uh, Snap-on tools, mm -hmm. you know, with the hoses right, and stuff. Right, like, right, you know, you right. remember those posters you have probably had on your Absolutely. wall when you were younger, right? right? Still do. Those, yeah. In the garage <laughs> now, they still do. Right. Yeah. Those aren't coming down. <laughs> Nor should they. That's I right. mean, if I, you know, I don't know. So, um, I don't know. It was this weird thing with me that she had. And, and I only say that because at the end of my time being a cheerleader, I wasn't going to try out again. How long now? How long were you a cheerleader I was, for? Two years. Two years, okay. So, I wasn't going to try out again because I just couldn't. It was, it was became not fun anymore okay, because what, of that stress, you know, Absolutely. of her. And, um... So I remember I didn't go to the last practice after the last game, and actually one of my other the other cheerleaders was dating a player, and it was the last game, um, and she was like, "Hey, we're going to a club. Would you want to go with us?" And I was like, "Sure," and I get into limo, and it was the players and my girlfriends. And we go into Boston, and we are there, and it's the club is rented out by. All players, and I was like, mm. "Oh boy, this I wasn't. Is not I wasn't invited. I, I didn't even know you then. I think I, I didn't this know you then." This is not good. And I was like, "Ugh." So, um, anyways, I ended up dancing with Drew Bledsoe, and um, you know, had a great time or whatever. And but nothing happened at all. Um, and then I remember I didn't go to the last practice because I wasn't going to try out again. And I got up back then I hate to date myself but it was a payphone so she called me and said Heather you know I heard you were dancing with because I think she had a thing for him again mm -hmm. assumption but it was a pretty good assumption so she was like um well you're you're no longer asked to be back on the team I said well that's great I for said for a dance uh, to that's be a cheerleader crazy. anymore. But right? I mean, for a dance. Because you dance. Oh, yeah. Because you mm -hmm. dance with the wrong Right. I guy. said, well, that's great, except for Lisa going forward, you need to make sure that you keep your rules the same for all the girls. Because mm -hmm. there was a set of twins that were on one of the other cheerleaders, I mean, other uh, players' videos for, um, for New Year's. Mm -hmm. um, we went to another girl, uh, she was African American or Spanish or what, she married a player. Mm -hmm. We went to the wedding. In our poster, she's pregnant with his baby. 
But and because that was I, okay. And that was, that was okay. okay. But because I danced with Drew Bledsoe, maybe not okay. her next target, oh, I don't know. What was the year two? Because you mentioned year one, no fraternizing at all. You couldn't mm -hmm. even look at a guy. Nope. What was the year two policies? Were you, it was the same. About, yeah, the she same. just made it, it's okay if I'm there. It's right. okay to talk to them if okay. I'm present. So I have a question for you. But actually, Rich, before how you was, do, let me, do, let me how just was, follow how up was on the, this. How was the, um, like, were you, in ever, were you in a relationship at that time? Oh, I, no. Actually, my first year I was, and then um, I met um, my ex-husband. Actually, I was about to go onto that, into that limo, and I had, it was my ex-husband, Joel, and so I had said, I hey, do you want to, I went to go find him to see if he wanted to come with us, and um, he had left already. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't about to do, I liked it, I just met him, so he was a great guy, and so yes, I was. Okay, so how, did that affect your relationship at all, being a uh, cheerleader? No, nope. Oh, that's good. I know Joel, Joel's a good guy. Okay. So you could date someone from... The Dallas team, but not someone from New England. Is that was that the rule, or are you just flat out as <laughs> an NFL cheerleader? So. I don't know. I, I I think I believe it's just within your organization. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I never really had the opportunity. We only went uh, when I was a cheerleader. The first year, went to Buffalo for one game for fun, and the second year, we went to uh, Miami for fun for a game, and that that was but it was more about us being with the other cheerleaders and practicing with them and. Taking pictures with them, it was more about us with them than it was the players, you know, and you're only there for a minute, so. Did the guys, did the, the, the players have limits? Did they say, hey, don't you dare look at a cheerleader, period. You walk by her, pretend like she's not there. Did they have the same limits you had? I think. Or did they have carte blanche if they chose to? Um, I believe you, it was more about us. Mm -hmm. We had the rules. Mm -hmm. um, they would be funny. You know, because, like, if you had a promotion in front of them, and like mm -hmm. I said, I'm standing there, and I'm, like, literally a little further than this microphone from someone, and um, they would be like, hey, hey, <laughs> what's up? You know, mm -hmm. and I'd just be like, don't even look at don't look at him, you, you know? know? <laughs> um, but I don't know about, I believe at some point there was, like, a fine that could have had, but that's just me not for, forgetting or not remembering if they did get a fine, I'm not sure. Okay. Probably. So how did you feel at your, your last, your, you know, during your last time of being a cheerleader? How did it make you feel? Like, did you feel like you were ready to do, move on to something else? Or were you saddened by this whole situation? Um, no, I think I was ready to move on just because I didn't like um, someone controlling my life like that. I mean, I miss dancing more than anything. Um, that's something you can kind of do on your own. But I remember when I was a dancer... And I was actually going to try out for the Janet Jackson backup dancers back then. And I remember that's being legit. like, mm -hmm. that's, when you're a dancer, you work really, really, really hard, mm -hmm. long hours, mm -hmm. and you're just a dancer. Mm -hmm. There's no name to you. You're not a spotlight. And that's like, I wanted to be in the front. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the J-Lo. You yep. know what I mean? I didn't yep. want to be the dancer. I wanted to be the girl up front. And you knew that early someone, on. Yeah, so yeah. someone who knew my name. Mm -hmm. um, and then my life took a little bit of a turn where um, I had a baby, mm -hmm. and um, and I was very young. And then I got married, and so. But then after that, my world opened up again. You know, I did um, got into modeling a little bit. Um, but it's interesting how the men in my life sometimes have had control over 
where I've gone and not gone. Yeah, you know? we talked about that. Yeah. Talked, when did I meet you? What year was that? Because it was not sure. Lori was I maybe like two. Yeah, two. Right? So she was born in 94. So maybe and like you 96. and Joel probably just got a divorce bike the right then, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe 96 maybe or 97. Yeah, so when did you do Me, Myself, and Irene then? Um, I did that movie in year 2000. Mm. And that's when I got a cover of the magazine from that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, how did you get into that? Um, I was dating this guy, and I used to go on Thursdays to um, Sansi in Boston. And it's that story of right place, right time. Absolutely. And uh, the man, I knew the manager there, and um, it was uh, Peter Fairley was in the restaurant with Patrick Lyons and a bunch of other people. And I had known who the Lyons group was at the time. And I had gone down to the bathroom, and the manager comes down and she says, Heather, he says, Patrick Lyons is here. I go, okay. <laughs> He's like... Well, um, Peter, he's having lunch with dinner, dinner with Peter Fairley, and, and he wants to put you in one of his movies. I go, yeah, okay. I believe that. That was the intro. That was the intro. Like, so Patrick wants your number. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to put you in a movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, right. I didn't know who the Fairley brothers were at that time, you yep. know. And uh, I go, give him the payphone number at the, at the salon. If he wants to contact me, he'll contact me. So he contacted me, and he's like, I know this sounds shady, mm-hmm. but you were there. You walked by, and he said, listen. I want to meet that girl. Find out who she is, find out where she's from, and I want to meet her. And I was like, hmm, okay, interesting. And uh, they were shooting a movie, Me, Myself, and Irene, with Renee Zellweger and um, Jim Carrey. And so the next time I was there, he happened to be on the phone with uh, Peter. So I get on the phone with him, and he's like, hey, he's like, uh, I want, I'd like to meet you. Why don't you come up to uh, Burlington, Vermont? Uh, this, uh, can you be here this date and this date? And I said, Sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I just kind of went with it. And, and I remember dropping my daughter off at my sister's and my father was there and he grabs my shoulders. He says, honey, no matter what you do, don't take your clothes off. <laughs> I said, dad, I'm we love good dad advice, <laughs> right, right? We are about exactly. a good dad. And advice. it was, a, I drove and I, to find this weird, like building in this place of nowhere. And I go in the building and I'm looking around and it's a set. It's a full-blown movie set. And I go back, and I'm sitting in the director's chairs. And Peter brings me around to everybody on set and introduces me. This is my friend Heather. This is my friend Heather. And I was like, what is this? It was like a dream. Mm-hmm. I was like, what am I, what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, all right, just hang out here. And so Bobby must have been not there at that day. Sit in Bobby's chair. So I'm sitting in the director's chair, and I'm like, this is... This isn't real. This is not happening, you know. So then after, he um, he says well, they break for something, and he takes me into his trailer, like a mobile home trailer thing. And um, he sits down, and he crosses his leg. He goes, so tell me about you. Tell me about yourself. And he talked to me for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nothing inappropriate, Good. nothing anything. I'm Just wanted to know my life, line. wanted Good. to know about me. And I think he just wanted to hear me speak and hear how I... I don't know. I don't know if that's what he does with acting. I don't know yeah. how he picks actors or whatever. So when he got out, he gets off the bus. He's like, all right, I got to go to his daughter. Apple was just born. He's like, I got to go to uh, Nantucket or the Vineyard, wherever they were. He's like, do you want to do, do something in the movie? I'm like, sure. Sure, I do. That'd be a hard yes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So, yeah. So I ended up um, staying overnight. They put me in a hotel um, stayed overnight, and then the next morning, um, a driver came and picked me up, 
and brought me to the set. And so we're on set and Peter walks out. Well, first they take me to like the trailer where I have to get dressed, you know? So I go in and they're like, what, what, what? He's like, what, what am I making her? They're like, he's like, I don't know, make her a reporter or something. So I go in and I put my clothes on and I go outside and now I got to go to the hair and How'd you find the dress? Because that was a beautiful dress you had on. So did they, was, did they, they bring No, the so I had on, um, I think I wore my shorts maybe I had on with my shoes and then it was like a nice top they had given me. Um, and then when I went to the hair um, place, she was like, she was this beautiful brown haired woman that does the makeup and hair. And she talked like this, like she had a trachea. Oh, wow. So uh, she was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to make you a Baywatch, Baywatch looking <laughs> reporter. So, you know, it was like so funny. I was like, this is crazy. Like, what an experience. So, yeah, then they got, he comes over with a piece of scrab scribbled paper. He's like, can you say this? So I go, he's like, yeah, say it. And so I start saying it. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, all right, say this. And he walks away. And I was like, And that was oh. Peter? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was Bobby. Oh, Bobby, okay. Yep. And yep. then the other main actor that's in that movie, um, he really funny comedian. Hey, what's his name? What's that guy's name? He's I should know. Guy. He's in a, he's in a lot of shows and stuff now. Jim Carrey. No, no, no. No, it's uh, the other guy. Yeah. I can't. Which one? African yeah. American. He was, um, I forget his name. But anyways, I should know his name. Um, but it was funny because I'm standing there and he's like comes over and he like grabs my feet. Okay, like I have like heels on, whatever I have on. He grabs my feet and I look down and he's like, like I just wanted to know what they felt like. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Welcome to the movie set. I mean. I know, right? <laughs> so let me ask you this too. So I'm not saying you don't have an abundance of talent, but that story tells me if you had been homely Heather heading down to the ladies room, does that gentleman knock on your door? No. So that's. I think it's about everything. Oh, yeah, you always got energy. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, oh, I believe that. I absolutely you have to look, believe yeah, that. You have to look. So you have to justify. I'm actually saying I'm actually giving you a compliment on that one, because a lot of people get dogged for sort of natural talent, natural skill, and even natural ability. And we, yeah. as a society, we look at people how they look. So I'm actually thrilled. But I also want to throw out to you: Do you think you would have caught that break, that moment in time, where the Farrelly brother? Well, Peter, anyways, is there and says, go get this girl, right? Yeah. Had you um, been? I think that's a hard one for me to answer because I've never had that situation where mm -hmm. doors have been open for me in so many ways. And that's a great example is because I had lines in a major motion picture, I got to get a SAG card. Yes. I didn't know what a SAG card was. Absolutely. When I tell you everyone, that all the actors I was around, that was when I said, what's a SAG card? They were all like... So what's a sad card? It's a Screen Actors Guild card. So okay. you, to to be to be in the union. It's Willy Wonka's yeah. golden so ticket. So you literally isn't it? you have to have three days as an extra in a major commercial like Pepsi, a Coke, like to get a sad card or lines in a major motion picture. So it, it's a it's a fee. So I go down to Boston to get the sad card because you have a certain window to be able to get it. Now 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 you're in the union. When you're in the union, which means you get different. Treatment. So, in other words, because I had lines when the guy was filling out my paperwork and on set, he said, so you were an extra, and then someone's like, she had lines. He goes, you had lines? And I said, yeah. So he takes it, and he rips it up, and he throws it down. He goes, okay, let's start again. So it's a whole new thing. Oh, wow. So now I'm paid differently. I got paid $600 for those few minutes I was there. I mean, the takes were probably like 10 or 12 takes. 
actually been pretty good. I ain't gonna lie. But I was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was on well, the you spot. Have talent. Well, you but have it was talent. on the spot. That's you know right. What I mean, right. I didn't have time to prepare. Um, so that was before SAG. Yeah. So, so right you were scale probably, right? You were whatever they wanted to pay before, before I, they found out that I had That's lines, it. right? So now I go to get my SAG card, and I'm in Boston, and I'm with the woman, and I sit down with her, and she looks at me, and she goes. Okay, well, it's $1,500 for this fee. Oh, and I geez. said, okay. And she goes, well, you know, p other actors have resumes that are bigger than yours. Like, she tried to discourage wow. me. Yeah, that's not cool. And yeah, I go, terrible. I understand that. Mm -hmm. She goes, I go, but let me ask you a question. It's not like modeling. Mm -hmm. If they're looking for a blonde, blue-eyed mm -hmm. woman that's 5'7", five, 5'8", five, like, like me... That's who you, they're gonna pick, right? It doesn't matter what I what my resume says. That's right. Julia Roberts didn't know how to act, and they said, "We want you. We're gonna teach you how to act." Mm -hmm. Like I I know how this this works. Mm -hmm. She goes, "You're right." I said, "Well, then give me the paper. Let me sign it." You know what I mean? Wow. Like she tried to like was intimidate she, me. Not that I expect you to be mind reader, but what was your gut telling you? Was she envious? Was she a little jealous? Maybe a little intimidated? She was trying to intimidate me because she mm -hmm. was probably upset. Maybe not upset, but it's one of those, oh, what, what, she's getting a sad card because she's a pretty girl? Like, yes. who knows? How what, frequently have you felt that throughout your career from, a, from being from a, my life? about a dancer, <laughs> about being an NFL cheerleader, an actress, a model, covers of magazines? How often, if at all, have you felt like, you know what, someone's making a judgment and an assessment about me just on how I look without getting to know who I am. It happens every single day if someone doesn't know me, but once the once someone gets to know me and hear, and says hi to me, they're like, "Wow." Mhm. Mm I had like I wanted to hate you. Like <laughs> I see you in the gym or I see you here and like I'm just like, "Who is this girl?" But then they meet me and they're like they want me in their corner. They want me in their pocket. They like the energy that I give. And because I go through life with positivity, like every day, I try to be the best. I, I wake up with a smile. I'm rarely in a bad mood. Um, and well, I've, I, I've known you. I've known you for forever. That's, and that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like the question that you asked her before, like, how, you know, is it easier because she's pretty? She's always been pretty. But her personality sets her apart from everybody. This girl, she goes at it. Like, you want something, you go at it. Like, she's a single mom, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Raising how many kids? Four. Well, Four three, three at home now. And they're beautiful. She disciplined them. That's another thing. We talked about discipline in our last podcast. Mm -hmm. She disciplines her kids. Her kids are disciplined. They're good kids. Good to hear. Yeah, good so, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so, you know, so they have, that's... It's respect. If you, I tell people, because people always say to me, even with Tori, my, my oldest is 28, and um, my other daughter's almost 17. They have twin boys that are 15. And they say, how, how do you have a relationship like you do with your teenage daughters? And I'd say it's communication and consistency. Communicate with your children. Respect mm -hmm. your children. We have they respect you. And mean what you say and say what you mean. Mm -hmm. You know, I think those things go a long way. And they if do. I say no about something, I explain why I say no. You know, because I think I didn't like being told no. No one likes to be told no. Mm -hmm. But if you can understand the reason behind it, then I think it's not so, no's not so bad. Would right. you recommend having, you've done it, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things Rich and I talk a lot about is there's people who talk about doing things and then there's people who do. Rich yeah. and I are do's, mm -hmm. you're a do. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend to your daughters or any other young women the profession of professional cheerleading? 
Would you give it the Heather stamp of approval or would you put an asterisk next to it? No, yes. I mean, everything's an individual. What you get out of life is what you give. You know, so if someone wants to be a cheerleader, then they have to, it, it's about acting. It's about playing the part. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone wants to do modeling, I've had nieces or people that want, it's like, you have to know how to look into the camera. You have to know how to become what you want. You know, it's um, when you put that into the universe, what you want, you will. I, I told my 16-year-old, I said, I truly believe you can have anything you want out of life, but you just have to work for it. And that's, that's good. But I have a question for you, Heather, because mm -hmm. me and you, we've known each other for a long time, but we never talked about this. But I'm going to challenge you on this. <laughs> Great. So obviously you've been beautiful your whole life. You've been in shape your whole life, mm -hmm. okay? Why, why aren't you a superstar right now? Why do you believe that you're not? Because it's not, it's mm -hmm. not your skills. Because your skills, let me tell you something. Your skills are amazing. Mm -hmm. You look amazing. Okay? Thank you. But what kept you from being the superstar? You know, I don't want to say my children because I had my daughter and then that opened the door to the magazine, to the movies, because because me, myself, and Irene, I ended up on the cover of a Boston local Boston magazine. That was the most incredible feeling in the world. So your children? Um, so I had my daughter. So, so here's the deal. After I had my daughter, this is a great story. After I had Tori, um, and I did my myself and Irene, um, a friend of mine was on an airplane from California and met a movie producer from Three Sisters Entertainment Company, which is Will and Grace, Cheers, and some other uh, shows. And they were, guy seemed depressed, and he said, what's, what's work going on? He's like, oh, we can't find our leading actress. And it was a pilot for a pilot called um, Tikiville. And it was based out of Hawaii. And it was a single mom, had a son, um, out of high school with her high school sweetheart. The high school sweetheart's a surfer and could not find this girl. And he goes, I got the girl for you. So he comes home and I gets me into contact with this, with this gentleman. So we talk back and forth on the phone. He's like, okay, I need you to send me your resume, your headshots, and I happen to have, you know, pictures from modeling and headshots, and I sent him over, and he's like, okay, he's like, you are perfect, you are who I want, and I need, I'm going to overnight the script to you, so he overnights the script to me, and I'm living in Natick, and I'm with my daughter, she's probably in kindergarten, maybe she's younger than that, um, and my mom is with me, and I get the script, and it's funny, so it's like a drama funny thing, he goes, put yourself on video, and then send it back. And I was like, what if they like me? Yeah, right. Wasn't if they don't like me, because I know they're going to like me, but mm -hmm. what if they really like me? That's and right. they, now my world has to change. Big time. And am I ready for that? Because me and my daughter's father were no longer together. I wanted him to be a part of his life. He had a great career. Was he going to move? And I was like, I think I'm okay with this. Mm -hmm. Like, the experience is leading up to everything, even with the movie. I had dinner with 15 men at Sansi before the movie, before I found I was actually in it. Me, one woman, 15 men are sitting there, and I'm having dinner with them, and I'm sitting around, and I'm being respected. And, I'm, and I remember one of the guys had said to one of my other guys, said, hey, uh, so what's, what's her deal? Is she good to go? He goes, absolutely not. You respect her. 
And it was like, I, you know, it, it was, so I think that some of the things that's happened in my life, that's what I mean. Like when you can, you have that positivity, you have that flame inside right. you. Like, so was it you or was it the guys keeping you back? Um, yeah, I, I guess I could say some of the men in my life have definitely held me back. Like even before I became a, a my model, first modeling job was with one of the top agencies in Boston and I got the ball. I got the balls to go in on a Friday and drop off my papers, my photos, and then you come back at three o'clock. And if she wants to see you, it was Maggie Inc. in Boston. If you she wants to see you, she'll she'll say she does. So I go back at three o'clock and I'm trying to slide my papers off the desk, you know what I mean? Because I'm like embarrassed, you know. And she's like, excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she wants Maggie wants to meet with you. I was like, really? Okay. So I go and I meet with her. She goes, I want you to go test with my photographer. Go test with him. And I go on this shoot with this guy, Bobby Damaso, who's, God rest in peace, not no longer alive. But um, And we go on this photo shoot, and I have no hair person, no makeup artist, nothing. It's just me. I'm like, this is going to be terrible. You know, and then I see the prints when they come on. I'm like, oh, these are good. These are, I'm so proud of myself. Didn't that feel great? Ah, oh, <laughs> it was. But I remember at that time showing um, my husband and he threw them on the counter and was like, no, my wife's not going to do that. Insta jealousy. No. Couldn't compete. And that's not like you. So this is not the Heather that I know because Heather, you beat at your own drum. So, so, you know. I think that certain things can stop me and that's my own, that's my own problem, I think with my relationships and how I grew up. You know, I grew up in a very survival mode. Um, I was, I had a stepmother that was extremely abusive. Um, and I realized going through that part of my life that it kind of made me who I was in a lot of great ways. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think you become something you grew up with or you overcome it. You're you have a drown. choice. Mm -mm. You did not drown. No, I didn't. That's where leaders and, are born. And right? I, and, but at the same token, there's the men that I pick in my life that haven't been so great. And mm -hmm. then I have taken, I feel like I can take anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can give it to me, I can handle it. Um, but if you mess with my friends or my family mm. or anybody I care about, then that's it. Different deal, right? Totally can I, different. Can I highlight something, and, and as we're getting ready to wind down, that I love that you just shared with everybody is, you know, when Richie asked, what ended up sort of interfering with you becoming that superstar? Mm -hmm. And I think you knocked it out of the park, which is, it sounds like you were at this crossroads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I go down this pathway of really sort of outward success this this producer is thinking about me for the significant part or do i make the decision that right now being a mom and being available to my children and my current life is more of a priority and it reminds me heather and i bet you relate to this you've seen our shows you know i love to whip out statistics mm -hmm. and the majority of people in this world say i wish i hit the lottery but after a year, 80% of them say, I wish I never hit it. Right. And after five years, almost 100% because they say it changed my life oh, in such a negative way. And I lost contact and touch with who I am and with my family. And, I, and I, what you said, I hope resonates with people because, and I'm not saying that because you're here. Yeah. If Rich told me about you in the gym, mm -hmm. I would say the same thing that I'm going to say to you to your face. You are a superstar. You know why? And this is my opinion. So everybody, you can disagree. 
<laughs> Write in if you do or subscribe. But here's why I'm going to say you're a superstar. You had a chance to elevate your career, which was already very successful, and you said in a time and in a, in a place, right now my children really are my priority. And you also highlighted something really important, that there is some truth to the myth that beyond, not myth, but the fact that behind every successful person is a, is a really successful partner. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like if your partner at the time, when you had those amazing photos, had said to you, Heather, let's go. Wherever this is going to take you, Absolutely, yeah. I got your back. I couldn't support yeah. you more. Mm -hmm. Be interesting what the crossroads is. But I'm gonna take, and I'm going to take it from there because she's not done yet. That's the thing is, she's not done. So yeah. what you learned right, from your past, mm -hmm. we have a new Heather sitting in you front do. of us now. We have a new Heather really that do. conquered all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, I So tell us am. about this new Heather now. So what, what's, what, so, what's, your, what's you know, your plans for the future? This year came, this January came in, and I said, you know what? I'm ready to take care of me, you know, and I don't want to get emotional, but it's like, I know what I am worth. Mm -hmm. I know what I can give. I know what I have. I know what I offer. Um, I'm a good person. I care about everyone, and, and I r truly live my life with much gratitude. And it's like, I have to prove it to myself. And it's about proving it to myself mm -hmm. now. Well, I've like I said, I've known you, so I'm a, I'm an advocate of, of Heather's. Well, you so know, I've known because I've known Heather for so long. So mm -hmm. I, I always say this. I said this is when in one of our podcasts. I said there's two ways you can live life, right? Mm -hmm. There's one, you make it about yourself. Right? If you make it about yourself, that's who exactly what you're gonna have at the end. You're gonna have yourself. Yeah. Or you make it about other people. And I'm gonna tell you something. Reason why we stayed friends for so long is because you always made it about everyone else. Matter of fact, the reason why you didn't become a superstar is because you didn't make it about yourself. You made it because of everybody right. else. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Heather, you might not be a superstar outside, but you have people like me who respect you, and I will have your back. I'll be, you know, I'll be your, I'll be your cheerleader mm -hmm. for as long as I've known you because you are loyal. You respect other people. You don't care about race or color or nationality or any of that stuff. You treat everyone equally, and you would help anyone if they asked you. Yes, so I'm one of your biggest true. fans. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm glad you learned that. Okay. Yes. So you said now you're doing something with... Um, so now I have gone out on a limb and I have, you know, uh, submitted a video to Sports Illustrated. Um, they had an open casting call. They had one when it first started like five years ago. And the gentleman I was dating at the time, I had talked to my daughter and my, my goddaughter about, what do you think? Should I do it? You know, and they're like, yes, mom, Love this it. is all about it. This Good. is you. Good. And um, the man that I was with, I told him, and I was like, I talked to my daughter. He's like, are you crazy? Wow. He's yeah. like, are you going to make, are you going to embarrass yourself? Wow. You're going to go up against these beautiful models? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not going up against anybody. Being it's, you. I'm going to be me, a woman of the ages. Like, beauty is is within yourself. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how big you are, your ethnicity, you know, any of that. It's It doesn't matter. You know, beauty is something greater. And right. and I have to be honest with you. When I send my video, um, the deadline, the first deadline was November 30th, and the second one was January 1st. Um, we haven't heard anything yet, but you have to be part of this Swimfluence network, okay? That is a platform of positivity for women. Like every single thing from fit to fashion to bathing suits, every post is positive. 
you can reflect on it. There's big women, small women, um, African-American, Chinese, women with deformities. There's, and it's all positive. And I feel like I've won already. Being a part of this platform, and if something happens and I get an opportunity to be any part more than I am of this um, community, I will create something for girls 18 and under. So they what would you like platform. to say to, so what would you say to a, a young girl who's watching this right now? Well, because out of your I would say, you I had, would say the same thing I said to my daughter. You can follow your dreams, you can do whatever you want in this world. You just have to work really hard for it and you have to really want it. You know, and you don't let anybody hold you back. And I think that's the key here though, because that's, that's, I'm telling that's what I want to emphasize on this show. You know, you cannot, if someone, if they don't have your back, Heather, and they want to take a left turn, you have to take that right turn. Because yeah, let me you tell you something. When someone more. loves you, Heather, they love mm -hmm. you unconditionally. Right. They doesn't have conditions. They don't love you and say, oh, you know, you're not this, you're not that. The reason why those guys were with you is because you were beautiful. Believe that. I'm talking, mm -hmm. you know, you're a beautiful girl. But your personality scared them probably. You know what I mean, when you have beautiful like and you have the yeah. confidence and you have a personality, that's going to scare a lot of men. And I think that. Uh, and it's definitely different. It's not. I don't. I don't feel like I'm conceited. I feel like I'm confident. Right. In insecure, who I am. insecure men. Confidence is like kryptonite to insecure yeah. men. Right. There's no question. I, I'll tell you as, as we wrap uh, for today. A uh, couple things. First, thank you so much yeah, for being you. here and being and me. being part of Bros Who Know. Uh, you have given us and our viewers this wonderful perspective. I feel like in some ways, Heather, we just scratched the Heather surface. But if I could Definitely just tell you that, uh, you know, in addition to doing the Bros Who Know, I do a, a, a podcast that's a lot more shrinky-like, mm -hmm. probably less fun, more serious, that's called The Wake Up Call. And I want to invite you to do it at some point. And the reason I want to invite you to do it is because you have described just a little bit, but I sense there's more there. You had your wake-up call. You had a wake-up call mm -hmm. where you were going this way and you said, wait a minute, I'm going to go this way. So I want to offer that to you. But on behalf Absolutely. of Rich and I, i got to tell you, thank you so much for being here. Thank it's you been so a much. real special treat. I feel like I learned a little. I've always wondered, how does someone get to be at the peak of their professional career in cheerleading and in acting? And for you to give us the, that flavor and that experience has been amazing. But more importantly, and I'll say it again, I have such respect for you because you had the opportunity for success or successful parenting. Yeah. And you know what? That's the one that leaves the lasting legacy. You On behalf of bros who know... Thank you, Heather, for being Thank here. Thank you. To our other favorite producer, I did not forget Michelle, Michelle Hebshi, <laughs> who makes it all happen. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we hope you find your peace and your joy in some ways we did today. Have a great day.